The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. This episode is brought to you by TweakedAudio.com. Get headphones, earbuds, and accessories from TweakedAudio.com. Just enter the discount code CAFCOMICS, that's all one word at the checkout. You'll get 33% off your entire order, free worldwide shipping, and a limited lifetime warranty on everything you buy. That's TweakedAudio.com. And now... It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. And now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, this is Caffeinated Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. With me, as mostly always, is my co-host, Stephen Brown. And depending on when you hear this, a lot of stuff is going on. Yeah. So this might not come out right when we're doing it, but... Um, there's a bunch of little things floating around now. Uh, by the time you hear this, we probably will have already seen Captain Marvel, and we will have yes. already talked about that. Um, we've already seen uh, Into the Spider-Verse has won the Oscar and That's is awesome. now available on digital. Um, you can do that. But everybody seems to forget <laughs> that for now, Fox still owns the X-Men, and they're doing, which I think... This it's not official, but I believe this is the last Fox X Men movie. Well, what about Legion? Legion is a TV show, and it's going Legion. No, not Legion. Um, Le- well, Legion is New going- Mutants. New Mutants. They said I just read about this. They they are supposed to do all these reshoots, and they haven't done them yet. So is it not going to come out? I don't know. I mean, my personal theory with this and um, Dark Phoenix falls into that category of like DC movie. To me, like every time I heard something about it, I was like, yeah, I'll see if it comes out. Yeah. Like I didn't really believe in it. And and now, okay, there's a trailer. So I'm like, okay, it will probably come out. New Mutants, I feel like Disney will buy the rights to that and just dump it on their streaming service. Yeah. Uh, I kind of thought that was going to happen with Dark Phoenix. I was a little surprised that it's still coming out. But, I'm, you know, it made money or it costs money to make it. So I think yeah. they're like, let's try to <laughs> get I some know, of our Some movies back. never see the light of day. Yeah. But um, but usually on video, and like I said, Disney is about to start their whole new streaming service with a bunch of original content. Yeah. So if they have this movie sitting around that they don't want to put in theaters. Why not? But if they want to put it out, that's a perfect place to put it out. Throw it on there. Yeah, but um, so the, the trailer is out, and it's one of those that reminds me, oh yeah, you have this continuity now with James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender, yeah. and Jennifer Lawrence who once again is an X-Man? Yeah, I mean, only because she's Jennifer Lawrence, not because Not because Mystique, Mystique has any was ever an X-Man? Even so, in the comics, I don't think they've ever made her an X-Man after this. I don't think anybody ever trusted her long enough. Yeah. Because she always kind of like... She's like a classic shapeshifter of like... Uh... Always uh, out to you know to take care of herself type yeah. thing. Though she did do right by Freedom Force for a little minute there. Well, yeah, but that was to her advantage because she was like, "Oh, I got legitimacy." Yeah, Freedom Force is weird because I love Freedom Force. It was the Brotherhood of Human Mutants, and then they started creating like Golden Agey type characters and throwing them in too. Yeah, well, it got weirder the longer it went on. But when it first started, well, the idea just of, like, like everything else Claremont yeah. did. <laughs> but I mean, just the idea of taking the Brotherhood of Mutants and then being like, "Oh, mutants are being hunted." And we're bad guys. 
let's sign up to be federal agents and go on down the X-Men. And it doesn't last long because <laughs> that great. that eventually becomes X-Factor. The yes. Peter David 90s X-Factor, like the government's like, it's like Suicide Squad. The government's like, yeah, we couldn't trust a guy named Avalanche to yeah. be a federal agent. They're like, let's get a guy named Havoc. Total, right. total, upgrade. that'll be totally fine. Strong guy, strong guy. Um, I can't believe Marvel Legends has not put out a strong guy build a figure yet. There's another Marvel Legends I was just thinking of. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm like, they haven't put this guy out, and it really bothered me. And now I can't remember who it is. Well, they just put Professor X out, and if unless you knew that as soon as he came out you ain't got one yeah because he sold out immediately everywhere and my god is he amazing yeah it's pretty insane he cost 40 bucks it's expensive we figured the the chair's half of it and then the rest is like well the the chair is the chair is like a whole vehicle it's like uh you remember the toy the original toy was one he had no legs he was just like a torso that was screwed in there and even if you flipped it over they didn't even pretend that there were legs in there no and uh that was five bucks and then in 2004, there was um, the other one I have, which was in the movie wheelchair because they couldn't cost out the hover chair. So they just grabbed the Patrick Stewart wheelchair right. and put him in that. But he was seven bucks and he had a sentinel piece in it. This one is 40 bucks. Mm. He's kind of worth it. It's um, It's pretty awesome. I think the big thing is I understand his sculpt reuse, so... It's just the suit. It's straight up suit body body. with a new head. But the heads are so good. Yeah. The likenesses are so good with the heads. He's even got his like crazy eyebrows. They're functioning on a level. I mean, this could very easily turn into a Marvel Legends podcast. Yeah. um, (laughs) We're in very danger. Just because every single thing they're putting out is so very good. But this is actually, it's a very interesting time to be an X-Men fan. And it's a very good time to be an X-Men fan. We talked about this at Toy Fair. Marvel Legends in particular is putting out like, I don't know, like 20, 25 X-Men uh, out of their whole line. It's, it feels like it's still no Thunderbird. A- almost half their line. Hashtag bring me Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, well, my hope is that they didn't show all of the X-Force, and my hope is they make a warpath, and then you can pop the shoulder pads off. Yeah. And you got yourself you got yourself a Thunderbird. Because all of the Liefeld X-Force, they have a Cannonball, they've done Shatterstar, Boom Boom is coming, they uh they did retro cable. They've all been that original Liefeld style, right? And what he did was draw Thunderbird with shoulder pads. Yeah, because nineties. Because everyone got shoulder pads in the nineties. Shoulder pads, trench coats, or head socks. Because in the eighties, everyone was hurting their shoulders. Were they? Yeah, they were hurting their shoulders, and they couldn't find anything in their belts. Right. So, so it was pouches and shoulder pads. <laughs> yep. And then they, they could save the day. They got a little carried away. <laughs> Um. So, so, but so, back to but so, back to this movie. We're in this transition. Marvel Legends is putting out a ton of X Men because Disney is getting this. Um, but Fox is putting out this last big X Men movie. It seems like uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, that's like a death scream or something. You death know? rattle. Yeah, it's like yeah. the death rattle of the Fox X Men universe is like, don't forget us. Well, there was there were articles. Um, there were articles like. Ooh, what major character is going to die in Dark Phoenix? And uh, my friend Mike Logan, who runs um, Silver Age Comics in Queens, he's yeah. a manager over there, is a good friend of mine, um, summed it up perfectly. He just went, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Marvel's going to reboot everybody. Yeah. It's like, kill Professor X. They- well, here's another thing. I was going to say kill Professor X because I'm holding Professor X. Um, but here's the other thing about Dark Phoenix. Like Venom, we've seen this already. 
Yes, it's uh, the second time they've tried to do Phoenix, and it doesn't like. It's like uh, <laughs> there's the line in Jurassic Park too, where like John Hammond's like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm not making the same mistakes I did before." And then Ian Malcolm goes, "Oh no, you're making uh, all new ones." <laughs> it's like that's literally what these guys are doing. It's like they didn't learn anything from oh, the by, last uh, time they tried to. Oh, do Oh, by this the way, movie. because you brought it up, I've been meaning to tell you. Yeah. And I cannot wait another minute to tell you. This is probably my greatest thing in the world. Yeah. But I I sent this to your social network feed. The Jeff, one I don't pay attention to? Yeah, Jeff yeah. Goldblum is on Conan O'Brien's podcast. <gasps> Ooh. I listened to it in the car last night. Yeah. It's the most Jeff Goldblum <laughs> Jeff Goldblum has ever Jeff Goldblumed. Yeah. How and, long is it? An hour. Yes. And it's it's um it's Conan just lets him go. Conan's yeah. like, I've always wanted to talk to you for an hour because you're fascinating. <laughs> see what and happens. I only get to talk to you for five minutes on the show. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And they do this. They open with this thing. I swear I'll get back to Dark Phoenix. <laughs> We're but working on it. Have you ever listened to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend? Uh, no. It's really good. It's this podcast he started when the show was on hiatus. But he picks one person he likes, but he doesn't get to talk too much. And then he does an hour with them. So right. Will Ferrell's done it. And, uh, um, they've, he, they're really interesting. He's actually really good in a long form. But they, uh, Stephen Colbert did one. But they always start with like, he'll, he'll come out and go, I'm Stephen Colbert and I'm feeling apprehensive about being Conan O'Brien's friend. And they always like say one word. Okay. You know, um, and uh, Jeff Goldblum's like, I'm Jeff Goldblum. And uh, I feel, uh, oh, I don't know how I feel because, you know, I know Conan and Conan and I do things and maybe we'll go out to dinner. Maybe we'll... <laughs> and then at the end of it, Conan goes, everyone else has used one word. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. They just talk about sensuality all the time. <laughs> He's like, you make all these sensual noises. Like, ooh. Uh, yeah. mm, uh. He's like a little sensuality factory. Yeah. And he's like, and Conan's like, maybe I'm attracted to you. Well, it is a spectrum, Conan. Ooh. <laughs> you need to listen to this yeah. on the way out of I this podcast. I think on the way home, this is my podcast to listen to. Uh, I also but, but, heard, did yeah. you hear that Anchorman is doing a podcast? Yes, I subscribed and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Yeah. Um, I've been, I haven't had... I've had the amount of time where I can kind of keep up on my regular podcast, but I haven't had time to start a new one. Yeah. And that makes no sense because they're all the same length. But uh, yeah, I've he, he's done like three or four of them and I really want to get it. Yeah. I really want to start them. I am... Um... I'm curious, but not enough to check it out. I'm going to kind of wait until I hear from somebody. Probably you. I'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I'll listen Because to uh, I wasn't like a super fan of that second movie they made. It's like, I like you and I went to see it together. Did, yeah, we talked about it on the podcast. I liked weird. it because there were enough good jokes in it. I could care less about the story. I mean, yeah, he goes blind and raises a shark. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what are we doing here for 20 minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but back well, to Darfina. Do you think you'll well, see it? In Dark Phoenix in theaters? I probably will. And here's the weird thing. Like, they're doing this because they botched it so badly in X-Men 3. Yes. Um, and, but neither one is really going to adapt the story because there's just too many missing characters. Yeah. The animated series in the 90s, which we could do a whole podcast about the animated series in the 90s because, um, uh, your generation worships it. It's ground zero for me. Yeah, and, and uh, as a millennial and as a Gen Xer... I was like, well, the Batman thing is better. Yeah. And I didn't like, have the um, intellectual capacity yeah, to, to understand To the realize difference. the difference between yeah, those two like, shows. Yeah, I was oh, these are all amazing. Yeah, and Batman was first. Batman had like a month jump on X-Men. And, uh, and uh, uh, my best, my memory of it was Howie Weingarten has been on the show. He's been my best friend since high school. Um, 
was over my house. It was a Halloween when they premiered the first one. We we're like, we're like, there's an X-Men cartoon. We have to watch the X-Men cartoon. And we're watching it. We're kind of making fun of it. And my sister walked in and she's like, hey, isn't this this show you were waiting to see? Yeah. Is it bad? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I spent five seasons kind of doing that. But they adapted Dark Phoenix perfectly. It was probably the best thing they did in that entire series. All they had to do was they changed like Nightcrawler for Beast and Colossus for Rogue. Yeah. But yeah, it was a pretty cl- as close as an adaptation as they could do with without gumming up their the cast or the team too much. Right. But in X-Men 3, um, the thing I found most unforgivable about X-Men 3 was that they sidelined Cyclops right away. And yeah. James Marsden was in Superman Returns. But honestly, um, those Brian Singer movies never cared about the Scott Gene relationship. And it's such a big part of the books where like the, the whole story then was just like, oh, well, she leaves Cyclops for Jean Grey for. Yeah. Well, for Jean Grey. Uh, was, will Jean leave Cyclops for Wolverine? And it's like, all right, you made Wolverine your star, but that relationship is huge. Yeah, I think it's the problem with the X-Men movies as a whole is too much time spent putting Wolverine to the front of the group. And it's like, I understand it because he's like the most popular X-Men character of all time. And it made Hugh Jackman a star. Right. And he's really good. Yeah, he is really good. I mean, I had door logan yeah those and that well, that, that movie's, movie's really good yeah but i think it's like it's uh it becomes too much the fear of what we thought it's my was was my fear going into like the avengers movies was oh man i hope this isn't like iron man and his amazing friends yes and they did a good job of balancing it now obviously like hawkeye and black widow never get to do anything but it's like it always feels equally like captain america and thor's movie just as much as iron man's movie and in the X-Men movie, it always feels like here's Wolverine and his amazing friends. Yeah. And it's like, okay, Wolverine's interesting, but it's like not when you beat us over the head with Wolverine but here's for the other 12 thing. movies. Here's the other thing. Now we don't have Wolverine. Yeah. That, like, well, that's actually what's surprising. Wolverine's not in this. But so. they're making the same mistake it looks like with Mystique. is like, yeah. oh, she was really popular, so she's going to be the Wolverine of this franchise. And then they kind of go back to this. And other it's not even Mystique was popular. I think. Well, Rebecca Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is no an Oscar winner and a, and a major star, and she signed up for First Class when she was neither. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing is that Rebecca Romaine did a good job and made Mystique interesting. Yeah. So people still cared about that character in right. a way that they don't really in the books. There is a Walgreens Marvel Legends exclusive of Mystique if you can find one. Yeah, and that um, also is amazing. But I think that kind of shows where the level of comic Mystique is. Yeah, they made one, but they made her a store exclusive. There's a lot of X-Men coming. Yeah. They could have easily put Mystique in and one of those one of ways. Sets. Mystique is, she's always been kind of a B-lister. For me, Myst- the reason of Mystique was her connection to Rogue. What about that, Nightcrawler? Um, yeah, but that was later. That was, oh. when I was growing up reading it, you knew that she was, Rogue's. Rogue's stepmother. Right. And it wasn't until like the mid 90s that they were like, oh, yeah, she's also Nightcrawler's mother. Oh, because see, I didn't know that came out that late. It's like an X Men Unlimited. It's like, oh, wow. Mike McCone drew it. That's wow. how, that's yeah, how that's recent insane. it is. And that's when the, yeah, and you find out like, that's why I think that's also when they found out that Sabretooth was Graydon Creed's father. Oh, right. They, and like, they did that, that in the, yeah, Graydon the cartoon Creed was, too. was a big part of the cartoon. Because in the cartoon, they did both. Oh, and Graydon Creed was, I think, Mystique. Was he Mystique in Sabretooth's son? Sabretooth's son. And he was like a muggle? Because like yeah. he, he was human. He, he had was no... human and he hated mutants and he started the KKK for mutants or whatever yes. they called it. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, make America human again. Yeah. Maha. <laughs> but it's the same assholes. Yeah. It's the it, same assholes. Well, and that that's the thing that's <laughs> scary. I've been reading um, – it's been like uh, – there's been a lot going on. And with all of these X-Men – with X-Men happening so much, I've been like reading 90s X-Men because – we were talking about this the other day. It's just candy. Yeah. I can turn my brain off. It's not Claremont's X-Men where I have to think about sure. it. And it's not modern X-Men where I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I keep trying. So, yeah, I just keep reading that 90s stuff. Like, and the art's fun because you got Jim Lee in there. You got John Romita Jr. in there. Yeah. You got Joe Matarira in there. Um, but I've just been turning – I've just been turning my brain off to read these books. Yeah. And it's weird that that's kind of the center of the popularity of X-Men. And that's not where these movies are going at all. And I honestly, I I don't know where these movies are going. Cause, well, they're going nowhere. They're going right off a goddamn cliff. Yeah, they're going to Disney. Marvel's going to take over. Here's the thing. I'm. Uh, it was going to be my greatest thing in the world, and we'll talk a bit about it, too, when we get there. But uh, I finished the Squadron Supreme Omnibus, so oh, I was yeah. like looking at my shelf. I'm like, I've got all these omnibuses I haven't gotten to because they come out too quickly and I read too slowly. And um, I don't know if you've got it. Squadron Supreme? No, I've I uh, no no no. I mean, I've uh, read it and borrowed it. Which one? Uh, I started X Men Mutant Massacre. Oh, I have it. Yeah. Never have I read this. That was um, I was right about to quit X Men, and that kept me in it for like two more years. Yeah, and so I just started, and I'm like two or three issues in, and it's an interesting time for X Men where the original five X Men are pretending to be. X Factor. X Factor has just been launched. X Factor it, just—it's like on issue ten. Yeah, and it's a—they're all in disguise, pretending to be government agents that hunt down mutants, or not government agents, like a private. They're agency. like Ghostbusters. They're like Ghostbusters because it's exactly. eighty-five. Yeah, so it's—it's it's, they basically made the original five X Men Ghostbusters in disguise, tracking down mutants. Then they're also called the Executioners. I—I'm just hearing this theme song of Transformers when you said that. Right, Ghostbusters in disguise. Oh yeah. <laughs> But then they're they're the executioners where they run around in the costumes where they have big X's on them. Yep. And they're as themselves. Yep. Then there's the X-Men team, which is led by Storm, who has no superpowers. Right. And it's like Colossus, Nightcrawler, yeah, Rogue, she and took a, Pride. Like she it was Carol Danvers, actually. It was Carol Danvers wanted to get revenge on Rogue and Forge created a, a gun. A mutant power eraser yeah and she went to shoot rogue and storm like took the bullet for her and right. storm had no powers for like three four years and that's crazy because they let storm lead the x-men without superpowers yeah, but she had a mohawk and she was awesome yeah uh and then this is the part time when like freedom the brotherhood is now freedom force and is like working for the government right back to freedom force <laughs> yeah i love them well, it's funny because I, I had a bunch of old comics when I was a kid, and I don't know where I got them. And one of the comics I got was one of the issues, one of the start of the Mutant Massacre. And okay. it's the Brotherhood trying to capture Rusty and Skids in oh, Central Rusty Park. Rusty and Skids are so abused characters. They are. Like, uh, Rusty's in Rusty's was created in X-Factor 1. He's like the first mutant X-Factor saves. Yeah. But it's like, they got taken over by everybody yeah <laughs> they were like they were just cult followers yeah because don't i think they get sucked over to genosha and they get turned into mutates yeah i just reread um i'm rereading fatal attractions now so uh when magneto rips Wolverine's oh, out of okay, yeah. and they're in that and they're like they've been brainwashed by strife so magneto like 
kills the part of their brain that's been brainwashed by strife and then they're like we'll follow you now magneto yeah and it's like these guys have no hope to live in yeah. any kind of lives for themselves well i love this like um kind of like comic book archaeology of like not knowing what a period of time looked like and i had this issue and it's like the X-Men is the team we described. The original five X-Men, who was a kid, I thought these are the X-Men, are like Ghostbusters. Yeah. And then the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants works for the government. And then in the same issue, Magneto is going to join the Hellfire Club. And I'm like, but he's also leading the X-Men. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. So I remember reading this as a kid and being like, X-Men makes no sense. And now to read it now and kind of mm -hmm. see having read the first three omnibuses of Claremont's run... This does jump like 25 issues, so yeah. there's still a gap. Yeah, we need an X-Men Omnibus Volume 4. I think that would That'll fill, fill it. that gap. Exactly. Right. <clears throat> but then to kind of jump ahead and see where you're at in the like, Marauders and stuff. Um, oh, but Cla it's... Claremont was good at making teams of mutants that didn't matter. It yes. was like Marauders and then the Reavers. Yeah. <laughs> the Morlocks. Yeah, the Upstarts, yeah. which I think is post-Claremont. There's a lot of mutant teams. They're like little gangs. Yeah. If you think Mutant Massacre is confusing now, wait till Thor and Daredevil show up. I saw because I, <laughs> I read Simonson's Thor Omnibus, and that is an issue that ties into um, Mutant Massacre because right. it was during his tenure. Cause well, it's also right when he married Louise. Right. So, so they like, were crossing over. Yeah. So he was like, hey, let's do stuff together. And, yeah. that ends, and what ends up happening is Walt leaves Thor to draw X-Factor with Louise writing. And that's full of the mutants. And that's, like, he creates Archangel. Yeah, well, they're doing Archangel movie. now. Like, in the issue I just read, Harpoon, which is a villain's name, Harpoon. Yeah. And he's and a mutant that has a harpoon. He throws a magical harpoon. <laughs> <laughs> because mutants in the 80s were stupid. Yeah. And uh, they wreck his wings, and then Apocalypse showed up for, like, a panel to, like, hit somebody. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna take, he gets Pestilence. Yeah. So he's like assembling the war of the. Oh yeah, horsemen. it's like plague is like a Morlock, and he makes yeah her he kidnaps her. Yeah, and it's like I don't know if this is his first appearance, if that was like the first time he showed up, but it's like seeing like a, the first. No, apocalypse. it's not. His first appearance is X Factor Five, so he's been in it a couple. He's of like times. a background guy. Well, yeah, they've like fought him once. Okay, and uh, they they introduced this character Frenzy. And then uh, she's like, I'm working for Apocalypse. And then Apocalypse shows up. And, and then immediately the book's like, ah, fuck Frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, Clearly this guy's better. In fact, Frenzy comes back as an acolyte. That's how yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is like D-list Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah. It's like, it's like the Magneto followers when there's no Magneto. Right. Like Cortez. Yeah. <laughs> and Senyaka, who was Senyaka. a Toybis figure. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm loving this, uh, this stuff. And that's the thing. I'm like, I'm really interested in X-Men. I like it. It's just like this movie comes out and I look at the trailer and it does look like they're trying to do some of the stuff from yeah, Dark appar Phoenix. Apparently Jessica Chastain plays Lalandra. Yeah. But it doesn't. And there's a spaceship. It looks like they're doing the scene where, where they're in space, where she, she gets the Phoenix force. Yeah. I don't think, but here's the problem. So is that who the white haired girl is yeah. in the trailer? That's Lalandra. That's Lalandra. Yeah. Well, and that's the, um, so that's the thing is how much of the, an adaptation is this going to be? Because number one, like we were saying, there's no Wolverine. Hugh Jackman's not coming back for this. So there's probably no Wolverine. I mean, he showed up for Five Minutes Apocalypse, but that was before Logan came out. And he, he wasn't in Deadpool 2. Right. And Ryan Reynolds spent 10 minutes of that movie trying to get him into it. Yeah. <laughs> but the other problem with the Dark Phoenix saga, as great as it is, it is very much... 
an artifact of late 70s comics. It was printed in 1980, but it's not even an 80s comic. It's a 70s comic where it's three different stories because there's the whole Hellfire Club thing, and then there's the X-Men versus Dark Phoenix, and then they're on the moon. You know, and it was very much comics of those times of, okay, this issue is just this issue. It doesn't really mean mean to connect with the other one, right. but we're going to carry the subplot through. So it was, so yeah, there was an SNM club at Midtown Manhattan. Now we're on the moon. Yeah. You I can't do that in a movie. That's why it, it's, if you're going to do Dark Phoenix, that's your trilogy. You know, you got to fill it out a bit more, but yeah. it's like you have to do is like, uh, you know, the X-Men verse, the Hellfire Club is the first movie. The X-Men verse Dark Phoenix is the second movie. And then the third movie is the X-Men versus Shi'ar and the death of Jean Grey. I can even do stuff. it as two movies because fighting Dark Phoenix, it doesn't really end. Doesn't it? Though they fight her and though they put like a collar on her. They put something? a collar on her, but it's not really working. She melts it. Yeah. And I think like Jean takes control and she's like, okay, I've got control now. And then the Shi'ar show up and they're like, yeah, that's not going to last long. So we're going to kill her. Cliffhanger. Yeah, but that's only one issue when they're on the moon. It's a double sized issue. Yeah, so then maybe it's two movies. But it this is the kind of stuff where it's like they they always try to cram too much into one movie, and it's yeah. like, well, the X Men Three was a subplot. Yeah, like well, among, there was uh, they were doing like the the Joss cure. Whedon cure story. Yeah, yeah, and then that and this is the other problem, and, and every rip- single X Men movie falls into this camp of the main X Men ones, not the Wolverine one, is that every single movie has to have. Xavier and Magneto in it. Yeah. And I like Magneto and I love Ian McKellen and Fassbender and uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart and James McAvoy. Are yeah, doing, both like, pairings are good. They're perfect. But it's like, uh, enough of this. <laughs> you know, well, and the, like, the McAvoy Fassbender, they've made the spine of that, like the relationship of Xavier and Magneto. Yeah. And nobody was interested in that in the comics. They were the two old guys. Right. There was the mentor character knew the villain. That's all it really was. And, the pro- I think the biggest problem Fox has that um, the MCU will fix because they do not have this problem is that they every at every turn they've had this license for almost twenty years. Yeah, and at every turn they're like, okay, who's the biggest star in a movie? Well, then that's our main character. Yeah, and what Marvel's done is uh, cast an actor for that main character and then make them a big star. Right. And that's what I'll hopefully we'll see is they'll grab a bunch of unknowns. Right. And the first movie did that because Hugh Jackman was an unknown and he was right. a last minute replacement for that first movie. But after that, you and know. And same thing, they did the same thing with Jennifer Lawrence. You know, she right. wasn't a huge star. And even Michael Fassbender to some degree, it's like, I know he had done a lot of stuff, but it's like, that was a big breakout movie for yeah, him. Yeah, it was. You know? He, that, he was supposed to have his own movie originally. Uh, I think that's what they said. It was uh, supposed to be called X-Men Origins Magneto. Right. And then Wolverine tanked so hard that they, they turned that into they turned it into first class. First class, yeah. Which and this is what's frustrating about first class. You know, I'm not a big Brian Singer fan. Well, um, first class was Matthew Vaughn. Right. No, I know, but um first class had a lower budget than the first X-Men movie. Yeah. And that's bonkers because it's a well, much better movie. Well, because X-Men three and Wolverine both tanked. Right. Yeah, because budget doesn't really matter. Like, X-Men Apocalypse, maybe one of the worst. I mean, X-Men 3 is obviously Days of Future Past is pretty bad. I don't know. Days of Future Past has... When was the last time you saw it? Moments. Um, It's been a while, but there are pieces of it that work. As the overall plot is full of holes. Yeah. But the set pieces are pretty good. 
Like the Sentinels are cool. The the yeah. future stuff is cool. Peter Dinklage is great. It's just like when you start to figure out that time travel that it starts to fall apart. Apocalypse is wretched. Yeah, that's a pretty Apocalypse is the X three of the reboot, of this. Yeah, I mean nothing is worse than Wolverine Origins. Nothing. Yeah, I think nothing. I kind of you got to kind of count it separate. It's even like the Deadpool X-Men team stuff, and then there's the Wolverine and Deadpool movies. Mm-hmm. You know, but like, yeah, Wolverine Origins is the worst X-Men family movie, period. Oh, yeah. And followed very closely by X3, followed very closely by, by Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, I remember. <laughs> like, X2 is pretty good. X2 is good. But then, like, One... God Loves, Man Kills is a much better comic. Yeah. It's, like a, it's a much better but they story. they do a pretty good job. Well, they, it's that blend of God Loves, Man Kills and Weapon X. Well, that's the thing. And... It's like they, they, they take two great uh, what would normally be on their own awesome stories and they slam them together but sometimes that works i mean dark knight rises i like a lot and that's just nightfall and no man's land slammed together yeah you know batman begins and i think is, it's too much batman begins is year one long halloween and the saga of Rachel ghoul smashed together yeah and it works dark knight is kind of its own thing i think it's like it works if it's uh the right guy kind of running the show but it's like uh, Brian Singer is not that guy. No. You know, he's I mean, not terrible. I mean, he is a terrible person. He's a terrible person. And and he's the kind of terrible person where it's, it's making it hard to watch his earlier films. And like I said, yeah. X-Men 1 and 2 were good. Superman Returns was interesting way too long. Yeah. Um, and um, I like Superman Returns. Usual Suspects was a great movie that I'm never going to watch because it's a Brian Singer movie that stars Kevin Spacey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, here's two deplorable people. Here's ang- yeah. Here's evil homosexuals. Yeah. Oh working together to rape little boys that will end up on Star Trek Discovery. Ugh, those monsters. Yeah. Well, you know, his name was taken off Bohemian Rhapsody, which everyone Who's says what? Brian Singer directed Bohemian Rhapsody. What? Yeah. And they fired him. Like, he disappeared from the set. And they just, like, I forget who they got to finish it. Wow. I don't even know who has credit on it. But, like, he was not at the Oscars. Yeah. You know, Rami Malek won. Right. And Brian Singer was did not Ra- there. Did you follow the Oscars at all or watch any? Yeah, I watched the whole Oscars. Did, did Rami Malek, I've never, I don't know who he is, but did He's he- the guy from Mr. Robot. Yeah, I didn't really watch I that. watched a few episodes and I was like, I see why people are into it, but I yeah. didn't Yeah, did really- he go, like, a little, like, fun nuts like he was having like, like a really Jim good Carrey, time Andy Kaufman was, no 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 no. i mean like was he having like a really good time and maybe got a little tipsy and was like dancing i already on top of fell and, and somebody caught him but i think they didn't show it on tv oh okay i heard either the oscars are like a celebration party it's like they have all this like footage of him just being like totally like super stoked that he won and really yeah. excited and having well, like a great time it is an oscar oh Oli- yeah olivia coleman had the best speech where she had no speech at all she was just like ah, hey, hey, <laughs> <laughs> what did who she is did that? that for like three minutes uh she won for the favorite she played the queen in the favorite but she um she's a big british actress oh yeah um, I think we talked about her before well she did broad church with david Tennant. yes and uh that ran for two seasons with jodie whittaker is in who's now the doctor and chris chibnall created it who now runs doctor who so it's very much i mean it's not a sci-fi show at all yeah but it's um very much connected to the doctor who universe and she did a doctor who she did matt smith's first doctor who yeah but um and i believe she's in like hot fuzz or she's in like some of the the uh edgar wright movies movies. yeah she's been around a while well good for her yeah um and then you know jennifer lawrence won an oscar and so wait jennifer lawrence won yeah she won for um Oh my god! I was talking with this about my wife. Uh, this year? No, she made that movie with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, um, but this was years ago, and I cannot remember the title of that. It's I know words. what you're talking yes. about. It's like they both have like mental. But issues. once she, yes, but once she won the, once she won the Oscar, Mystique all of a sudden became this huge, huge, huge thing. Like she's not that big a character in first class. No, 
But then Days of Future Past, she's like super important. Yeah. And it's like, and then the whole relationship is Charles and Mystique grew up together, which, all right, if you're going to change that. But... Yeah, I don't mind. Like, I, I actually, I think First Class might be the best X-Men movie. And I like yeah, it. I'll stick I by like that. X- I like X-Men 2 more. I think X-Men 2. I haven't seen it either in a while. Yeah, I, I will also say I haven't seen a while other in a while, but I thought First Class, uh, I loved that movie when it came out. See, First Class is good, but as just as a fan... I was disappointed that um, there were no X-Men A-listers in the team. Yeah. And I they I kind of get the idea because it's like Banshee and Havoc and Darwin yeah. and Azazel and uh, Emma Frost. Um, I mean, First Class was really the original five and they decided not to. And that's another thing Fox does is every movie they're like, what mutants can we introduce? Yeah. And it's – and. I don't need – we say this all the time with the MCU because they do it well. I don't need them to adapt things. Right. Like I, I didn't need Infinity War to be Infinity Gauntlet. Right. Uh, and I don't need Endgame to be Infinity Avengers War Disassembled. I don't care because I yeah. know I'm going to get a good story. Um, I've read very little Captain Marvel, but I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Um, as I said, by the time you heard this, I will have. I don't need things to be adaptations anymore. It was fun in the 90s when Fox Kids would do like the Black Costume Saga or the Dark Phoenix Saga on TV. That was really fun. But when the writing is high, I don't need... I don't need a really good... I don't need Simon Kinberg to be Chris Claremont. Right. You know, let let Simon Kinberg write the best Simon Kinberg screenplay he can. Right. Yeah, and it's never going to compare to the comics anyway because the the comics have the unfair advantage of like it's an advantage and a disadvantage is like we have years and years to build up to this stuff. You have years and years to spend time with the original X-Men so that when Dark Phoenix happens or Angel becomes Archangel, it's like it's impactful. Right. How are you going to do that in 40 minutes or an hour? Right. And the original five X-Men are not as interesting as the giant size X-Men just because it happened that way in real time. Doesn't mean it has that to in happen. the 70s they created Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Storm and Colossus. Yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't mean that everybody wants to sit through ten years of not those characters, right? So, I mean, they're they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. But I don't know the uh, the two things that I feel like the X Men movies get right is number one, the continuity is a mess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, that's very true to the comics. And what I got from this Dark Phoenix trailer, people say Gene a lot. Gene. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, here's the thing, and this is the kind of stuff that bothers me, and they did it, they do it with every X-Men movie, is like, um, Phoenix is a cosmic entity that possesses the most powerful telepath on planet Earth, Jean Grey. Yeah, and that's a retcon. Yeah, right. That that was the reason to bring Jean Grey back from the dead. Yeah. Because originally that story is, uh, she talks about the Phoenix entity as something else, but the original story is just, she tapped into her unlimited her unlimited potential of her powers because she was about to die yeah and then she got crazy from her from being so powerful right. but it comes from trauma yeah and they in and the, when they brought her back they were like oh she was never really dead because it's phoenix was a separate thing yeah and i like this idea that it's like it comes from trauma and gene was like a sweet person a good person and then trauma happened and then she kind of lost control of her mutant powers it's like the ultimate like what happens when a very powerful mutant 
uh, experiences like PTSD or has like a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. And in the the movie, the X3 movie, and what looks like in this movie is it's always like we found this uh, young mutant who had her powers when she was like five or eight or something. And she was always like a little crazy. And Charles Xavier had to like mess with her mind. It's like, can't you have just been like a regular kid? Yeah, I understand like, her being a mutant, but they're always like she was crazy when she was five, and it's like that's not the point. You're missing the. It's point like the way the... they retconned Scarlet Witch for House of M. Was like yeah. Scarlet Witch was always crazy. No, no, she wasn't. There's some we'll crazy see... stories. Yeah, and that bothers me too about Scarlet Witch. And it's like I've kind of like a love hate relationship with, with what they've done with her because in the comics now it's like oh she snapped and she became crazy and murdered the Avengers, and it's like okay. But then she was like a mainstay in the Avengers. It's like they, they, we almost can't use that character anymore. It's like what Bendis did with her character is now what her character is about. So kind of, you kind of lose all this other stuff. He kind of Hank Pym her. Yeah. Because you know yeah. what? Everybody, the first thing that you think about with Hank Pym he's, he's, he's is he slapped the wasp. wasp, which is why the Ant Man movie is about Scott Lang. Right. It, yeah. He, it, that's a great way to look at it because, and it does make sense in the story. If you go back and you look at, like, okay, well, what happened to uh, Scarlet Witch? So she was raised as a terrorist by her crazy dad, who she didn't know was her dad. Well, first, she was raised by a cow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that, that in itself. That is... alone makes me say, fuck Roy Thomas. <laughs> nah, I like Roy Thomas. He's oh, great. Roy Thomas is the first fan writer yeah i love him and but then like so the seeds for the breakdown make sense but now her character is just about the breakdown and how she has to be like redeemed yeah she's and a it's, crazy one yeah you kind of lose a lot of the cool stuff that 30 or 40 years of continuity yeah, she married a robot she had ghost children yeah <laughs> you know, and all, then he all, made them all the good relatable stuff i loved all that stuff Oh, but yeah. So yeah. that's the problem with Jean Grey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that they're just like, no, she's she's bananas crazy the whole time, and Professor well, X has like been putting the uh, training wheels on her. And it's funny too because when I started reading, it was around the time of Secret Wars, uh, they hadn't brought Jean back, so Jean was the mutant Gwen Stacy, where yeah. just once an issue, somebody would say. Oh, man, and Gene's dead. I miss Gene. I miss Gene. And for Spider-Man, it's always like when the last person who died starts to fade in his memory, they kill somebody else. Yeah. Where it was like, Gwen Stacy was the new Uncle Ben. Right. And then <laughs> where it was like, are you still sad about Uncle Ben? It's been a while. Okay, we'll kill your girlfriend. And then the cop, DeWolf. Uh, yes, Gene DeWolf in the 80s. But also yeah. Captain Stacy, Gwen's dad, died before Gwen did. Right. Um, so Spider-Man's always got a dead person to feel good. And they killed Marla Jameson in Brand New Day. That's probably the most recent one. I do like this, um... Oh, Flash Thompson just died. Yeah, there's, like, this tragedy to Spider-Man. It's like, he saves all these people, but he can't save, like, his, like, core family. You know? Which, you know, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, that's why we read it. Yeah. Um, well, the shift gears a little bit. The other trailer that came out recently, um, that were also have feelings towards is the Hellboy reboot starring David Harbour uh, came out the same week as the Dark Phoenix trailer. Yeah, and the past times for listeners, but present times yes. for us. Um, now this is a... The story behind this um, is that Guillermo del Toro and Ron Perlman wanted to make a third Hellboy and they came in with a gigantic movie. It was like $150 million. And Guillermo del Toro is not the Guillermo del Toro who made Hellboy in 2004. He's the Guillermo del Toro that made Pacific Rim and then the best picture of 2017. So... What, what, what movie? The Shape of Water won last oh, year. That yeah, was his. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, 
which, uh, by the way, I was listening to... Wait, uh, backtrack. Yes, go ahead. My apologies. Did he pitch this huge, massive Hellboy movie after The Shape of Water or before The Shape of Water? I think around The Shape of Water, okay. but after Pacific Rim. Right. Um, and Guillermo del Toro is one of those guys where he's always talking about seven movies he's going to make. Because he was attached to Justice League Dark for a while, mm-hmm. which... I think, you know, in these days is not happening. Mm -mm. But he always had like a bunch of things. In the Mountains of Madness was like this book he's always talking about adapting. Uh, Hellboy 3 was always in that mix. It looked like he was going to do Pacific Rim 2 for a while. He didn't do the... the, I didn't see this movie. I was very excited and then it bombed hugely. The the, where like the cities are tanks and they're driving around. Oh, no. Who was that? that? I don't know. That looked so stupid. It looked amazing. And then I heard it sucked. Well, they're... They were driving London after people. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's great. It was, I'm like the, watch it. it was like the day after tomorrow where a blizzard chased people individually yeah. and turned <laughs> corners and, and ducked around hallways to catch yeah. the people. Yeah, except this is more spectacle. Yeah. And the uh, Hugo, uh, what's his name? The Red Skull was in it. Hugo Weaving? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I want to watch it at some point for well, free sometime, and yeah, then I'll, I'll report back on it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. I'm not watching that for no, free. No, you don't have to. I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so Guillermo brought in this Hellboy 3, and Lionsgate was like, hey, the first two Hellboy movies didn't make that much money. Yeah. Uh, a third movie will probably not make its money back. And then Guillermo del Toro is like, okay, well, then I'll just go make Best Picture of the Year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, Shape of Water. I've never seen it. It's good. It's basically an Abe Sapien movie. Well, that's the thing about yeah. it that drives me <laughs> Is this crazy. What Hellboy three was gonna be? Um, well, the thing about Shape of Water is it's Doug Jones in an Abe Sapien suit that's different enough where they didn't have to write Mike Mignola a check. Yeah, I very much wonder what Mike Mignola thought of the Shape of Water. Yeah, um, I've met him a few times. He did a signing at All Yeah Comics. Yeah, we met him there. I met him back at uh, New York Comic Con. He's a great guy and an interesting guy. Um, my guess is he's probably fine with it because there would be no Hellboy movie if it wasn't for Guillermo. Yeah, and I think he, him and hopefully Guillermo del Toro are buddies, you know? Yeah, and now we have another Hellboy movie which doesn't have Guillermo. So, so Or Abe Jones. This guy has, yeah, Abe Sapien doesn't seem to be in this. But um, I was listening to Freedom, which is a really good podcast with Paul F. Tompkins, Scott Ackerman, and Lauren Labkiss. And it's just, it's like, it's like morning radio done really well because there's no topic. Yeah. There's That's no like structure. They're just trying to make each other laugh as much as possible. Yeah. But, so they're constantly laughing. And I'm like, oh, this is like shitty morning DJs, except they're all really funny. So, but there was an episode where Paul F. Tompkins was trying to describe The Shape of Water to Lauren Labkus, who hadn't seen it. And it was not a bit. And he was going, well, it's a prequel to Hellboy because it's about Abe Sapien. And Scott Ackerman's like, it's not Hellboy. He's like, he's like, no, well, you know, it's in the Hellboy universe. And he's like, no. Wait, he really thinks that? He really thought that. And oh. he's like, it's not a Hellboy movie. He goes, and Paul F. Tom goes, wait a minute. <laughs> You're telling me that Guillermo del Toro made movies about two different fishmen? <laughs> Both played by Doug Jones. <laughs> yes. So I always... I always wonder if Shape of Water was this treatment for Hellboy, and then somebody at the studio was like, hey, if you made this not Abe Sapien, we don't have to write like $150,000 to this comic book artist. Yeah. And he's like, okay, maybe I'll just do that. Yeah. Well, that's what I think. It's like, I don't know what the movie's about, and I'll see it at some point, because it sounds great. It's good. It, yeah, it, it's, it's what everyone says. It's really good. But it's like, was this just Abe Sapien's plot, like... This was the plot. It's more this, violent. I mean, it's a rated R movie. And it's like that's what I'm saying. Is like, this was yeah. his plot for Hellboy three. Like, 
Hellboy had a thing to do, but I that's mean, what I'm saying. It's like what Abe Sapien would have been doing in that movie. Maybe. Um, I mean, there's no Hellboy type character. This could have well, been a sure, subplot. They, they basically it's a subplot. They just I know. You well, know, what they said Hellboy three. What they said Hellboy three was going to be was it was going to be the apocalypse. So it's going to be freaking gigantic. Which all right. So getting back to the trailer that launched for the reboot. Doesn't right. that movie look like the apocalypse? Hellboy's flying a dragon around London and it's all on fire. Yeah, but um, but it also looks like Hellboy one again. This this trailer. Yeah. Um. First of all, I don't know why we have this movie because if hell if the two movies by Guillermo del Toro didn't make that much money, why is it? This movie's much cheaper, obviously, but why is it cheaper movie with the guy Wait, from Stranger it? Things? How is that going to make money? Well, how is it cheaper? It looks expensive as hell. It's like, not as expensive as Hell as Guillermo's Hellboy Three was going to be. Oh, is it because Guillermo del Toro's like he's like a build a suit like a real suit for yeah. all the monsters? This says just CG all and over this the one place. Has CG everywhere. Yeah, and it doesn't. It doesn't look like. I mean, I don't think David Harbour's makeup looks as good. He doesn't look as good as Ron Perlman, and no. I think there was like let's. He's got to look different. Which, yeah, for like sure. Like, they took he all does. his hair down, which I think is to cover some of that makeup. I don't know. Um, I'm just, um, I love Hellboy. The comic is awesome. If you've never read Hellboy, it's like, I never read Hellboy 2, and I used to be like, ah, fuck Hellboy. I don't need it. I've got the thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> totally go check out Hellboy. It's, it's phenomenal. Oh, I adore it. Uh, the first Hellboy movie got me to pick up the first trade and then yeah. I fell in love with the book. It's so good. And I have like the the really nice um kind of omnibus editions. Yeah, library they, editions. Dark Horse with these beautiful hardcovers. There's like seven volumes which cover everything. And I think to this date Mignola hasn't drawn a new Hellboy. He 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 retired the character yeah. for a while. He's letting other artists use like a lot of mini the BPRD. Yeah, but he hasn't drawn them in a long time. So right now it's complete. But they're just gorgeous. And awesome. I fell in love with the book after falling in love with the movie. Yeah. And I would be fine if we never had another Hellboy movie. Yeah, I'm good. I don't know why we have this. Well, we have it because everyone's trying to make money on comic books now. But it Except also... folks that make comic books and people that own comic book stores. Yeah, it also feels like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man where it's mm. like, oh, like this trailer shows like the Nazis finding him again. Except instead of Cronin, there's a guy with like 3D Nazi, Nazi 3D glasses. glasses. It's so stupid. I laughed out loud when I saw it. Uh, yeah. I do like stuff that I'm seeing in it because it's stuff they didn't get to in the in the Mike Mignola movies. But it's a lot of stuff they did get to. I know, and that's like what's the horns are growing again. He's got the fire. He's got the sword. Like we saw all of that in the in the, yeah. at the end of Hellboy. I just don't know who this is for. Like, who are they trying to get into the theater that didn't see a movie from ten? 14 years ago people that are 12 and 14 and 15 maybe i mean but it's rated r yeah i mean venom did well and you know we we already had venom and spider-man 3 okay wait a minute so deadpool came out a bunch of years ago and was rated r and did really well yeah so then uh logan gets the rated r treatment and that does really well yeah then venom gets the rated no venom was not rated r venom Venom was was pg-13 oh they're idiots they should have made it rated r uh, but then, so do you think it's like Hellboy is kind of like them being like Logan and Deadpool were like rated oh, yeah. our superhero movie, so let's try to milk it? Yeah, because th- this new trailer is a red band trailer because they dropped the F-bomb a couple of times. But right. I didn't see anything in there, and there was like more blood. I didn't see anything in there that was worth being R. I think they just pushed it to R because they know this is not going to be a big movie. Yeah. So it's like, well, we might as well make it rated R because those movies are still making money. It won't make as much because parents can't bring their kids to it. Sure. But eh, kids probably weren't going to go see this anyway. 
Right, um, and his name's Hellboy. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be fighting demons from hell. Yeah, I yeah I agree. I didn't know. I don't. I don't think I need another Hellboy movie. It's like I think there it. It's insane because if this was ten years ago, we'd both go see this movie. But because there's there's such because a ten years ago there were, ten years ago there was only one right ten years ago was as Hellboy two right but we would have gone to see which honestly isn't that great a movie I don't even know if I ever saw it the Golden Army I don't yeah, think I saw it it's it's okay it's yeah. not as good as the first one right and uh, and I think it was the same thing ten years ago I said I saw one Hellboy movie I'm okay and I yeah. love that comedy and two was Guillermo del Toro and was after Pan's Labyrinth and he he went a little. Yeah, crazy he, with the creature. Yeah, he loves it. Creation. Yeah, he's a little he like a, creature. Nerd. He owns a house in Hollywood that he doesn't live in, which is just full of monsters. Yeah, because he's a creepy little guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a really good um, Conan clip on YouTube where just Andy gets to go to that house. Yeah. and accidentally breaks something. Of course he does. Uh, but I'm saying it's like there's too there's too many uh, too much material. We talk about this all the time. There's too many comics, too many movies, too many shows to like stay up on everything. Right. And I think any other you know previous year, we would have been really excited for a new X Men movie and a new Hellboy movie. And now it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know that I'll see either of these in theaters. It's I don't like, know maybe that I'm gonna I'll have time for the only Shazam movie. Yeah. Like you know, I'll go to I'm I'm gonna go to Captain Marvel. Because Marvel has done such a consistent, yeah, they've got a good track record. Good job. Yeah, and I was just talking to, um, I was just talking to my Kaplan once, Mister Wayne's, who's been on the show. Yeah, and we were talking about Captain Marvel, and he's like, "Yeah, it's starting to get bad reviews, though." And I'm like, "No, it's, it's getting bad trolls. reviews from the alt right trolls, yeah. who are the same guys that were giving Black Panther bad reviews because they're they, sexist and racist." Yeah, and and those are two characters we didn't turn them African American and female. Right. They were created that way. It's not yeah. like, hey, the new Spider-Man is a woman. Right. I do. I. But I, that, But I, I, when I was talking to him, I was like, well, what was the last bad Marvel movie you saw? Like, I think Thor Dark World is the worst Marvel movie. And it's not that bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I still watch that movie because I'm like a big sucker for these MCU movies. But... The only thing I like in that movie is Chris O'Dowd on a blind date with Natalie Portman. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth got like, he's got some good... Uh, lines in there, <laughs> you know. He I just like Chris O'Dowd saying sea bass, and he breaks it, and he's like, "Anybody else?" It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's okay, and it's like, and it's the rock monster from the first appearance. Yeah, there's fun stuff in there. I just like Chris O'Dowd going. I'll just stay here and say sea bass by myself. Sea bass. <laughs> but I'm, the, I'm also um, rewatching the IT crowd, which is goddamn genius. Yeah, that's great. great in it. Uh, but yeah, that's definitely the worst MCU movie, and it's like there's there's some stinkers in there, but nothing that's unwatchable. Yeah, like Iron Man Two is no good. Right, I still watch it because I love Sam Rockwell dancing around like an asshole. Better than some cheerleaders. Yeah, but then it's like I've tried to rewatch like Justice League, and I I'm just like nah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it just it just doesn't have any joy in it. Yeah, there's they... at least some joy in all those huh. the, the MCU movies. Yeah, no, that's a very good point, and that's the thing about Hellboy. Uh, there was joy in those Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies because he, he loved, loved Hellboy right. and he loves monsters. Like I said, my problem with the Golden Army was the Golden Army had a really good budget and you could tell he spent it all making monsters. Yeah. And then the fight scenes are not that good. And right. it's like, oh, you should have made three less monsters in the background of the scene. Yeah. And picked up the, the fight choreography in this scene. Just a bit. Because he loves the monsters, but he loves making those movies, and Ron Perlman loved doing that part. And I don't get that feeling from this trailer. Like, David, everybody's good. David Harbour is a good actor. Ian McShane is in this. I love, I love Ian, McShane. Ian McShane. And he's playing Professor Broom, and I'm like, 
eh, Mila Jovovich is in this. Um, she was in The Fifth Element. Yeah, I love her. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good people in this, but I just... The guy from Lost is in this. Which guy I, from Lost? Um, Chin, the guy who's like oh, didn't speak English he, for the first five seasons. He, yeah. like, he turns into a cheetah werewolf. <laughs> yeah. Does that from the comic, or they just make not that? Not any comic I read. Yeah. I, I mean, there's I, a lot of BPRD comics that I did Yeah, read, and but. I think that's probably where it's from, is like they, they went pretty deep, because they're like, well, we can't use Abe Sapien, because then everyone's going to think the shape of water. Well, that's cool. what I was just going to ask you. Like, is, <laughs> Do you think that's the reason Abe Sapien is in Yeah, here? 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's the only reason that dude is isn't in it because he already won a fucking Oscar. <laughs> didn't Doug Jones win an Oscar for that? Um, if he didn't, I don't know. I, I know it won best picture. But I don't know if he. Guy. Yeah, it's a good movie. Uh, it's definitely a prequel to Hellboy. <sighs> yep. So, so I think to sum up, lots of people are making movies that we don't necessarily want to yeah. see. When does Shazam come out? Real? I feel like April. It's Soon. after Captain Marvel. Yes, it's after Captain Marvel, which is crazy. I didn't put this together in my head until uh, a week ago. Um, I was following like a Marvel Legends board on Facebook, and it's mostly people like, hey, I found this in my Target. Sure. I found this in my Walmart. And somebody's like, hey, I found – and he didn't even put it together. He was like, I found Captain Marvel and Shazam. And I was like – Oh, you found Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. Holy fuck, there's two Captain Marvel movies coming out within a month of each other. Yeah, <laughs> it's the Battle of the Captain Marvels. Um, uh, so we're, uh, by, by the time this comes out, we'll have seen Captain Marvel. Yeah. So it probably this will probably be the- There's no way I can run this before now because no, we no. said it six times. Yeah, uh, but this will be the first episode after Captain Marvel. How do you feel going into Are you going to ask Marvel? me what I thought of Captain Marvel before no, we've seen kind it? Kind of. Like, what are your what do you think about it not have, having seen it, but, like, uh, where do you think it's going to land? Uh, it'll be interesting because they'll see if I contradict it. I have no expectations. Like I was saying, I don't know much about Captain Marvel. Yeah. I know she's had some good creative teams. She's had people I liked working on her. I just downloaded, like, uh, the first Kelly Sue DeConnick. Oh, and my God. There's, um, she's one of those characters too, where Marvel has rebooted her book every single year. Oh, it's insane. So I'm like, wait, wait, where do I start? And I just looked for the oldest volume one that had Kelly Sue DeConnick on it because she's still on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know that much about her. We talked about this when the trailer came out. When I was a kid, she was binary. Yeah, she was a star jammer. Yeah. And then she came back as Warbird. I mean, she's been jerked around a lot. So I don't have a lot of, um... I don't have a lot of skin in this game. Yeah. But the reason I want to see it is because I haven't seen a bad Marvel movie in a very, very long time, and I don't think this is going to be it. I also yeah. really like Brie Larson. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i pretty much on the same page, having actually read a lot of Miss Marvel, mostly in like the Avengers stuff. Um, when I started reading in uh, Avengers, Kurt Busiek used her a lot in his run. So yeah, and I remember that because I I got the hardcovers of that, like the George yeah. Perez Avengers stuff, where she was a recovering alcoholic and Tony was her sponsor. Right, there was some cool stuff they did. So I I think the only thing that kind of disappoints me, and this is will to be determined, because I think I think Jude Law is Captain Marvel, like the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. Yeah, I keep forgetting he's in it. Yeah, and uh, I really love Captain Marvel, the original right. Marvel Captain Marvel, and that's my my only gripe about it is like he's gonna get they're they're never gonna make a a k- 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 classic Captain Marvel. No, movie but now, but look what they did with Hank Pym. 
I mean, right. they're never going to make a Hank Pym Ant Man movie, but Michael Douglas is great. Yeah, and they and they gave him something very important to do right. without being the main focus. Yes, and I think it's like it's uh, the MCU is just a different thing. You know, I don't have to worry about it. It's just like that's the only thing. Is it's like ah, it would have been cool to see him in like uh, his own movie. Yeah, but you know what? It would have been cool to see the Fantastic Four team up with Iron Man and Captain America, but I don't think Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are going to be around by the time they release a Fantastic Four movie. Right. There's just certain things we have We're to... We're not going to get, yeah. And yeah. We, take what we we did get, you know what I mean? It's like 19 movies in a row, and they're they're all at least decent. Yeah. And, and some of them are really good. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but nobody's been able to duplicate it. And they've tried it with Star Wars, and they've tried it with DC, and they've tried it with Universal Monsters, and nothing has... Nothing has touched it. And it's yeah. not just because they're based on comics that come out every month for 50 years. They're, they've ma- they did it right. They got lucky. They made all the right moves the right way. Yeah. Everyone else is rushing to the table to which do is, it all at once. Which is really frustrating because Marvel had to, we say this a lot, Marvel had to use characters that no one gave a shit about, like Ant-Man and the Avengers. And make you give a shit about and made them The A-list. same way, to come full circle, yeah. they took actors you didn't give a shit about. Right. And, and made, made them you give, give a shit about A-list. them. You know, Chris Evans sat in the front row of the Oscars. Yeah. That would not have happened without Captain America. For sure, yeah. You know, he was like a washed up uh, teen star. At that, yeah, he was that. the human torch and no one cared. <laughs> no one cared. <laughs> you know? Well, if you care... You can let us know. We're not going to do greatest thing in the world because we've said three times this was going to be my greatest thing in the world. And yeah. I think we've covered well, I mean, a lot of stuff. Cool. Jeff Goldblum on Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Uh, but if you want to talk to us, uh, you can follow Not In My Book on Instagram and Twitter. That is the official Caffeinated Comics uh, social network feed. You can also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Caffeinated Comics, where we post all the news during the week and let you know when the latest episode is out. And Stephen, how do you subscribe to the show? Uh, you can find the show. I don't know how you're listening to it now, but if you were looking for alternatives, um, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes all carry the show. And we are a proud member of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And how do we follow you? Oh, and you can find me at uh, the Brave Butter Pecan on Instagram. And we'll talk to you next week, whenever that will be. <laughs>